0: particular time around on Linux and Shack Live, <laughs> we had a little trouble scraping things together this week, so we're going to have to have just kind of an open round table discussion, kind of about all things radio and all things uh, Linux within our comprehension.
1: Actually, what you could start with is what uh, the reason we're doing this, and that's uh, your experience with investigating logging software.
0: Well, we were going to, we were going to discuss logging software tonight, but uh, as I got to researching it, those of you who are uh, with us right now, for the most part, y'all pretty much have a fair grasp of Linux and uh, anything that I found that was working, anything I found that looked like it was halfway usable, turned out that uh, we had to come; it had to be compiled from source. Uh, didn't matter what distro you were running, there wasn't a package for it. You had to compile it for source, from source. Now that wouldn't stop me, but for the guys that are are new to Linux operating system and uh, are finding their way, we haven't covered that yet. <laughs> so we are uh, we're going to try and make a coherent episode out the, out of this. That's the reason I'm uh, saying something about it. DX Anywhere Pete says has a uh, a cut down a. Uh, a small logging program in it. So uh, y'all go over and check that out. Uh, Pete, throw me the URL while I talk about the other thing. Pete also says he'd love to write a logging pro logging app, but he thought it would probably be web-based. Well, let me respond to that, because while I was looking, uh, I found one or two that run on a LAMP server. So somebody could set, set up, and for those of y'all who don't know, uh, Lamp server is a box that's set up with Linux, Apache, uh, MySQL, and PHP. This blogging program worked pretty much like a web page, and uh, it would save the information, and all that good stuff. Uh, go over to www.dxanywhere.com and take a look at uh, at what he's put up over there. M three PHP. He's got a pretty good uh, pretty good site over there. I went over for a little bit and hadn't had an opportunity to get back. For those of you just joining us, this is Linux Ham Hamshack Live, and we are, uh, tonight we're doing a roundtable discussion kind of thing, mainly because our plans for, uh, or my plans for tonight's episode kind of fell through. So we're just kind of uh, talking and rambling and riffing, and uh, if any of y'all would like to join via audio or video, y'all go ahead and let us know, and uh, Russ can just fire things up for you. So back to what I was talking about. The uh, logging programs I was able to locate for the most part that uh, were packaged up and ready to go uh, on most of the systems turned out to be uh, pretty much bare bones logging software. You put it in all it it wrote it to a file, you could look at the file, and that's just about all it could do. The fact of the matter is that that one I was talking about that ran on the uh, on the lamp server and a couple of others. Uh look pretty promising, and they're very full-featured. I'll go ahead and try and put that all together, because we're probably going to have to do uh an episode with some uh, compiling added to it or do a two-parter or something. Okay. Pete said, yes, we do need Ham Radio Deluxe for Linux, and unfortunately, the guy that writes it says he is never going to port it to Linux. But there are people effectively running portions of it under Wine and uh, through other avenues. If we could, uh, you know, the guy gives the thing away. Seems like he would uh, let somebody have a peek at source code.
1: Actually, um, when we discussed Shackbox, we saw that uh, F0FAK put it in Shackbox under Wine. So even though it's a Linux distribution, Ham Radio Deluxe is on there.
0: Well, yeah, uh, I didn't check to see if it was fully functional. Everything I've heard so far about uh, uh, Ham Radio Deluxe under Linux is that portions of it can be coaxed into working and other portions can't. Uh, I really don't know.
1: Well, Wine doesn't give you all of the libraries under Windows, so if it makes some library calls to stuff that Wine doesn't provide, that's just not going to work. You take what you can get, I guess, if you're looking for Ham Radio Deluxe. Unless someone wants to completely reverse-engineer it and start over.
0: Pete just kind of echoed what you just said, that uh, part, parts of it runs under uh, under third-party libraries, which we know who those third parties are. But you know, if he'd open up the source code, I'm sure uh, somebody somewhere could find libraries that would work as effectively or at least be able to uh, make some tweaks to the source code so that it could use the uh, some of the Linux libraries instead of... Uh, that third party
1: yeah but But the way okay (laughs) windows charges so much for their development tools i don't know how much he paid for whatever he was using i don't know what ham radio deluxe is written in but that's why they don't want to get rid of the source code
0: hrd the last time i checked was free of charge and you guys could correct me out there uh, if I'm wrong, but I last time I checked, it was free of charge. So, uh, he may have throw down, thrown down the cash for, for something else. It's written in Visual C, uh, Visual Studio C. Uh, Pete, thanks.
1: Yeah. Well, but, any, uh, any of the visual programming suites are just ridiculously expensive, at least what I would consider ridiculous.
0: Okay. For those of you that have joined us, uh, in the last little bit. Uh, this is Linux and Ham Shack Live tonight. We're having a roundtable discussion because uh, uh, I fell down on the job. and We really don't have a topic for this evening, so uh, at this point in time, we're kind of we started off talking about the fact that we uh, weren't able to do a program on logging software this time around, and uh, we're currently discussing the virtues of Ham Radio Deluxe. Now, if any of you folks that have checked in since in the last little bit have a microphone would like to join us on the audio side or uh, a webcam in the microphone would like to join us on the video side, just let us know and Russell will fix you right up. Pete says there's express versions which can you can get for free of uh visual basic or visual studio,
1: Pete. Uh, I think he's talking about visual studio. There's actually free versions of a lot of uh, Windows stuff that there weren't free versions of too long ago. Things like SQL Server, there's actually a free version of that out there now.
0: Well, I don't know. You guys are too tacky for me. You know, I'm just a dumb old boy down here in Texas. I have to run the critters out of the radio room when we do this, now that Russ is making me do video.
1: No, I didn't I twist a- your arm. You came to me one day and said, look, I got a camera. I got a pile
0: right over here. I got to scoop up right over here, right, right over there. And then I got to go out there and milk the beast in a little bit.
1: For those interested okay. in the uh, free Microsoft software, Pete's telling us that it's www.microsoft.com slash express with a capital E. It would be E. Yeah. For capital those of you echo
0: outside the U.S. It would be E.
1: E. Did I not e. say E?
0: No, E is fine. See, I would just uh, say, here's another topic we can throw out there, Zed. <laughs> Everybody else in the world says Zed. Why don't we say Zed? Well, a lot of the ham radio operators here have started saying Zed because they think it's cool, and they have no idea why they say it, but they say it. I think that we probably need to petition our Congress folks here in the U.S. to make Zed the official z
1: uh good luck with that and we have a new person joining us wd4bob good evening to you bob we uh just lost richard not sure what happened to him not sure if he got hit by lightning or something like that but he will be back shortly i'm sure
0: okay for some reason the connection dropped out on this end what a miss
1: well, you missed uh W D four B O B signing in. Alrighty. Hello Bob. So guys, what's your take about SSHing into a tux box using public slash private keys from KB three C D A? It's a great idea. It's a really good idea, but what exactly are you getting at? Have you set up the situation where you're actually using them to get in? Okay, so apparently you've already done that. Did you encrypt your private key or did you not encrypt your private key? okay, it's encrypted, so you're still using a passphrase to log in even though you're using a key pair. Well, I personally don't see a problem allowing root access using SSH as long as your key pair is encrypted and you make sure to keep that kind of stuff secret. Tony says he's using USB key putty so he can grab his private key anywhere uh, and use it to connect to Linux machines using key pairs. And that's really the way to go. It's a extra layer of security. One thing I should do is... Uh, I can put in the show notes a special thing where you can tell based on the key signature when you log into a Linux machine. You know how you get that uh, when you first log into a machine, you get that great warning about this is your key signature, and you better check this out because if it's changed, you might be subject to a man-in-the-middle attack, and you always go, well, how do I know if this is the key that, that was on there before, and how do I know if it's changed? Because no one can remember that string of hexadecimal digits. Well, there's an easy way to do it. It's something you really should check if you're actually using SSH, and so I'll stick that in the show notes for Episode 11. Uh, It's a handy thing to know if you're going to SSH into remote computers to know if that uh, key pair has changed. And most people don't know how to do that, and they simply uh, ignore that warning and just go ahead. And if you are, in fact, uh, being man in the middle you can pretty much compromise your entire system and any passphrases and keys you use.
0: Paul says that Pete said that www.commandlinefoo.com is uh, a very useful website for stuff like that. And, uh, as far as SS, let me tell you, y'all, uh, SSH, about the only thing SSH does around here is I've got a one terabyte drive sitting over there, uh, in the corner. That's, uh, Hooked up to an Ubuntu machine and it catches backups of everything that goes on in this house. And that's all it really, uh, all I really use it for at this point, even though, uh, I may find other things to use it for in the future.
1: And I know, um, I'm sort of the Linux guy on this. I'm, I'm the Linux guy on this end. And this is one of those uber geeky things that I just found out about the other day. And I apologize if everyone already knows about this and I'm just behind the times. But we're talking about SSH. I found out about SSHFS, where you use some command line foo, uh, since that just came up, to uh, connect to a remote server, usually an FTP server. And you can mount your FTP like on a remote host for your web hosting or whatever via SSH. So it's a secure tunnel, and it shows up on your computer like a mount, like you used NFS. But it's secure, uh, uses SSH, SSH, and it's, uh, it, there is a package for it. You can apt get SSHFS. Yeah, that's a really cool thing. It gives you the ability to like do things like remove dash FR stuff on your, uh, web host without actually having shell access to the machine. And you can do it on any server that will allow a uh, port 22 connection. Great stuff.
0: This is Linux in the Ham Shack Live. We are live tonight because uh, uh, we're having a roundtable discussion on just about anything that folks want to bring up. Russ has just finished talking about a whole bunch of stuff that I will never understand. (laughs) And Pete seems to prefer SCP to FTP. Uh, I figure with all this brain power in here, it's starting to smell. It smell like burning rubber in here. So, uh, we we'll, we'll, and you guys, y'all gonna have to pardon me because I'm not real bright. However, Paul wants to know what hardware people are using for their Linux setups. I think that's probably a good good path
1: to follow at this point. You've got about thirty five computers over there, right? So you're gonna tell us what you're running on all of them.
0: I have of all the junk that everybody's ever thrown away as far as computer equipment. And, in fact, I spent most of the day working on some of it. The uh, machine that I record on is a 2.66 gigahertz with a machine or uh, Intel with the Intel Pentium 4 with the Intel processor. Of course, it would be if it's pen, Pentium. Uh, as of today, it has a gig of memory in it and a 20 gig hard drive because I save everything over to the one terabyte drive in the corner. My radio machine, it's a 1 gigahertz uh, e-machine that has 512 meg's of memory in it, running Ubuntu. I'm not going to tell you what's on the 2.66 gigahertz machine. Um, (laughs) Over in the corner, we're running Ubuntu. Also, 804 instead of 810, we're running 810 on the uh, radio machine, 804 on the other machine because, for some reason, it doesn't matter what video card you put in it, it doesn't want to work on 810. And I... Tested that theory today. I have successfully run Ubuntu uh, AMD 64 on my laptop. I have another laptop. I'm in the process of converting. Unfortunately, Ubuntu is a little too large, so I'm going to have to go with something smaller. Which bring will bring us to our review of CrunchBang Linux in the next program. Back to you, Russ.
1: Well, I can. All I've got around here are Dells, pretty much. I've got a Dell laptop, a Dell server box that I'm actually using as a client PC. There's another Dell over there. There's a Dell behind me that's the radio machine. That's a Celeron. All the ones that aren't running Windows are running uh, Debian, Debian SID. Uh, um, I've got, let's see, my PC at work is a Dell Optiplex 755. That's a souped up machine there. That's a four core, four gig, multi 500 gig hard drive bad boy that I run a bunch of virtual machines on. 90% of all the servers we have at work are Dell's running, uh, Debian Lenny. So that's, that's me, Debian to the core. We have the spec here for M0TZOs, or I should say M0TZOs, uh, computer here and let's see at 400 megahertz running linux debian debian lenny the new version of debian lenny 5.0 with a 2.6.26 kernel let's see how big is that hard drive 80 gig looks like an 80 gig hard drive so that's not that's not too old you know that's that'll work (laughs) oh no the evil laugh what's that
0: that is a 100 megahertz Pentium. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I got one with, of those
0: with, with a a three gig hard drive, and I haven't figured out what I'm going to do with it yet. But ha, I win.
1: No, I've got a I've got a P5 100 at work. It's running uh, it's running an old version of Debian Potato, uh, Debian 2.2. It has I want to say twenty no, it has 48 megs of RAM in it and a two gig hard drive.
0: Paul got the best idea. You talking about my machine or the one he was talking about, Paul?
1: Yeah, the one I was talking about already has Debian on it, but I think he's talking to you. Yeah, see, Tony's got a nice machine. Uh, AMD 64, so he's got a 64-bit machine, 2.6 gigahertz, 2 gigabytes of RAM, eight gigabyte, uh, 80 gigabytes SATA drive, 128 meg Radeon 700, and he's running Ubuntu 6.0. How come you're running Ubuntu 6? Because it's LTS.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's 6.10. I don't think 6.10 is LTS. I think 6.04 is LTS. He's going to leave us in the dark.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: 8.10. He's thinking it's 8.10. That would be the fresh one.
1: Yeah, 8.10 sounds better. (laughs) Not that that you can't run 6.10, but I mean,
0: yeah. Well, you know what? Somebody made a suggestion that we combine the two shows. That was sent an email for uh, the other show. Resident Frequency, the amateur radio podcast, will be back in force. Probably modified. I'm not sure. I'm thinking about modifying the format. But it will be back. I just have not been able to do it with this current bad economic time. I've been having to work extra and Russ keeps me so busy all the time. Yeah. He had he had me out tasting various pastas of the other night.
1: <laughs> <And laughs> no, I noticed in that email that he suggested that we roll those two together into the same podcast, but I know you're never gonna let me over to resonant frequency. That's your baby.
0: Well, I you know, you can come over. Unfortunately, you know, resonant frequency is uh well, I, I really can't say that because Linux and the Ham Shack is the same thing. They're kind of kind of segment segment and topic driven, except when we do something like this. This has been a lot of fun, y'all, and uh, let's take a little short break. I've been around the
2: block, I've seen a thing or two. This grand illusion, with a euphoric view, this book can be It's quicker than the eye you dig Where I'm coming from Are you here to my job? with my pen I'm a poet and I know it let me show it baby burn the thing for something every day if wisdom comes with age and from your mistakes then call me the sage yeah call me the sage call me the sage just call me the sage I've written books I've been to school, I keep my Nobody's fool. Try to live the golden rule And practice what would Jesus do I've upset the status quo I've rattled cages, rocks and moves I've seen fire and I've seen rain Swimming in a hurricane I'm a poet and a knower. The show it, baby, burn the day But something every day If wisdom comes with age And from your mistakes Then come me the same Say. Just come and say, come and say. Just as yes, true, there's things in life that bring love and peace and faith, hope and charity. Be a friend in need, I'll be a friend. But we do some good deed. Hey man, go plant a seed. I'm a poet and I know. Show it.
0: This is Linux in the Ham Shack Live, and uh, for those of you that have tuned in with us uh, recently, we ran short on a topic for the show this particular time, this particular recording, and that is mostly Russ's fault. No, it's mostly my fault. In fact, it's all my fault, (laughs) but don't tell anybody, and... We're just having a round table discussion discussing uh things related to computers. Uh we talked we can talk about radios. I don't think we've gotten there yet. But uh we have been talking about
1: Linux and uh, some other stuff. Bob has a question about the IC the Icom IC7200. Have you seen that, Richard? Uh no.
0: I normally try to stay away from Icoms since the D-star incident. But let me look real quick. What did he say? IC7100? 7200. 7,
1: Let me see if I can get uh, Jerry on here. Hello. Hello, Russ. Yeah, Jerry, how's it going? Good. Let's see. Was it you who asked about the IC7200? Oh, no, that was Bob. Have you seen it?
3: I have not. The closest that I come to ICOM is the um, the 92 um, AD. I think it is the D-Star HT.
1: Well, I didn't realize people had such a hate on for ICOM.
3: Well, I I wouldn't say that I I personally don't necessarily have a hate towards ICOM. It's just that pretty much my shack is a is an advertisement for Yesu. Uh, if you were to walk in, uh, that's pretty much everything that I have. I picked up the ICOM 92 just as a you know sort of an introduction to DStar to see if I would like that, and just have not had the need to pick up any other type of ICOM hardware anyways. Ah, oh, we have somebody
1: else, KD5VQD. Uh, welcome to uh, Linux in the Hamshack number 11, which has uh, devolved into a roundtable discussion, but has actually probably been the most interesting episode so far. And Richard is having some kind of technical problem, but we have Jerry on the line with me right now, KD0BIK from the Practical Amateur Radio podcast. Lots of, lots of Yezu users. I, I'm personally in the Kenwood camp myself. I wonder if I'll be subject to, uh, thrown stones or anything like that.
3: Yeah, I blame, uh, Peter for part of my, uh, Yesu problems. I think we should blame Peter for everything. Peter twisted my arm and convinced me that I had to have the 950 in my shack. So what did I do? I went and bought it. It, <laughs> but it's an awesome rig and, and, um, I'm very, very proud to have uh to have it in the shack and I worked some DX a couple of weeks ago and I honestly do not think I would have been able to do that without it. So it's it's already it's already paid off. Hello Jerry.
0: Say hello to everybody. Pete's here, Paul's here, Ted's here. I don't know if you
1: know Ted. Bob is here, Tony's here and three miscellaneous Ustreamers. Who won't tell us who they are. All right, we need a topic, folks. We're we're running ourselves into the ground here since none of us really know anything about the seventy two hundred.
0: All I can say is it's a heck of a radio. Well Jerry, talk to us a little bit, man. You know, you
3: know everything there is about amateur radio. Oh, far from it. Far from it. And especially since you haven't produced a podcast in about two months, I'm uh I'm I'm having withdrawal from resident frequency.
0: Well, that's okay, because we're going to get it going again. I'm either going to revamp the uh, format or something. I'm just glad to see that the, there are some people that actually missed it. You are like the third or fourth person that sent me an email, so I will get on it. Uh, things have been kind of tough here. I'm ha- Well, I'm not a, I'm not going to put that out so Russ can like, play it in a loop someplace, but <laughs> uh,
1: I'll send you an email.
0: Because <laughs> he would do that to me.
1: Now, I Wouldn't think- Russ- um, no, I wouldn't. I, I remember listening to the last episode of the Practical Amateur Radio podcast and hearing about, uh, your podcast being in CQ Magazine. And we were going to research, or at least Richard said he was going to research if it was just you or if it was a bunch of ham radio podcasts. And we were curious if we wound up in there and,
3: um, there were several podcasts that were mentioned in that ep- or that uh, issue of CQ, and I'm pretty sure that both Resonant Frequency and Linux and the Hamshack were both mentioned. Um, I can go and pull that. That was actually not from the last podcast that I did. Uh, the last podcast I did, I featured um, uh, Peter, M3PHP, and also, uh, since I see that he's out there, Paul, and I did not give Paul a very, very good. Um, uh, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of let everyone to believe that it was all Peter's doings. And from what I understand, Paul plays a um, a very instrumental part in the whole uh, DX anywhere and and uh, pretty good projects dot com website. So my apologies to Paul uh, for that. But if you look back to, I think it was January or it was February. CQ magazine. I think uh, Richard's holding it up. Other folks not mentioned. I, I, we are the other folks. <laughs> oh, oh! I caught that last uh, Linux in the ham shack. I, I, I heard you. I heard you make that comment, Richard. Other folks not mentioned. Anyway, uh, I've been trying to uh, hunt down a
0: copy of a copy of CQ. Everybody's QSD people around here. I don't do business with Texas Towers. They're they're less than 30 miles away, and I don't do business with them. So
3: um, I'll have to uh, continue to look. Well, why don't I do this for you, Richard? Um, I will um make a copy of that article, and I will send that over to you via email. I'll do oh, that tomorrow in cool, the very office. Cool.
0: Very cool. I need to be careful not to talk when Jerry's talking because I can hear myself. And that's bad. You guys know... Who was it? I can't remember who it was over on Twitter. I said something about listening to uh, listening to the podcast while I was sitting there banging away on Twitter one night, and they said, uh, "Well, I used to do a podcast, couldn't stand to listen to myself." Well, you know, I'm a bit of a narcissist, so I listen to everyone sometimes four and five times.
1: I have to listen to Linux in the Ham Shack four or five times just so I can cut out all the stuff that's going to get me in trouble that you say. <laughs> I
0: never infringe a copyright. We are not bound by the seven words. Even though I don't say them, I come close. See, Ru- and this will get cut out, too. I told Russ one night that I was Methenia's god of thunder and ill wind, and the only thing it made to cut was god of thunder.
1: I think the whole thing made it in there. I can't be, <laughs> I can't be certain of that, because I think that was back in, like, episode three or something, but... I think it all made it in there. I try and let you have some rain. Um there's a question in the chat room from uh Paul uh yeah. who would like his people's thoughts on www.hamtests.net. If I'm not mistaken, I heard about that on uh Twitter and it was probably Paul that tweeted about it. And I went over there and I thought it would be interesting to actually get a look at the question pools, but if I remember right, I couldn't find the U.S. pools, only the
3: U.K. pools. So that didn't really help me out. Well, that's because you went to the wrong site, Russ. Okay, Go to hamtest.net and the only reason why I know anything about this is because last episode I did this whole thing about Peter. But hamtest.net, and please, Paul and Peter, correct me if I'm wrong, but hamtest.net is the site for the U.S. tests and then um, it is hamtest.co.uk is the UK site, and I just pulled that URL out of my head, so it looks like I was right. So yeah, hamtest.co.uk is the is the UK version.
1: And hamtest.net, yeah. by the way, is showing a permission denied error from PHP.
3: So whoever is maintaining that site, Paul Peter, needs to go fix it. And as Paul said, it's an award-winning UK site. They won the Kenwood Trophy.
0: Yeah, Ted. I
3: tried to ask you the other
0: night if uh, there was a new version of, what was it, PSK-31LX, no, PSK and you disappeared on me. Okay, we've been told that whatever it was that was down a while ago was back up. And that would appear to be the case. I can actually get to the site now. And PSK-31LX has a beta version running. Ted, can you use y'all's help? Y'all send him an email. Flood him with emails. Send him all the hate mail. Or Linux in the Ham Shack. In fact, if you got hate mail for resonant frequency, send it over there. If you have any personal hatred mail from me or Russ or uh, uh, Jerry or Bob or Pete or any of the hams on Twitter, the uh, population of greater Salt Lake City, send them all to Ted.
3: Hey, but Richard, Uh you have to remember that Twitter is not Ham Radio.
0: Well, neither is Echo Link, but we make allowances. <laughs> <laughs> well you're okay. it, you're hitting the so, start
1: of fight, and I know it. No. R L P
0: isn't either, but I didn't say anything about it. Come think of it, neither is D star. But um uh, and y'all don't get mad. Especially those y'all listening to whatever comes out whatever makes it through the cut. Uh y'all don't get mad because I have 3d star radios myself and have toyed with the idea of getting a digital or dv dongle and i will be dancing around the shack with my dongle hanging out and the wife will think i'm crazy she will call the ambulance and all that good stuff so
1: i thought you weren't going to say anything that i could cut out and use in a loop because uh dancing around the shack with your dongle hanging out is definitely a candidate
0: well, you missed the episode that started off. Dancing days are here again over at Resident Frequency, apparently. No, I saw, I yeah. heard it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so let's see, VX eight or an IC ninety two. We'll get the IC ninety two and pay the big bucks and get the GPS microphone. What do you think, Jerry? <laughs>
3: Uh, I own that. Uh, I own that setup, got it to give D-Star a try. It will be a future topic on the podcast at some stage. You know, it's, um, it's okay. Uh, I'm not a real big, uh, I'm not a real big repeater operator, especially here in this area. And my gosh, we've got more repeaters in the front range than we know what to do with them. So it was kind of a novelty, um, at best, I suppose. But, um, I picked it up. I've had some fun with it, but it's not something that I use every day.
0: Yeah, I don't use it every day myself, and I I see that. Uh, let's see, Bob's looking at a twenty-eight twenty. Bob, if I had the, uh, if I had to do all over again, I'd get the twenty-eight twenty because uh, I have the ID eight hundred. And the disadvantage of the ID eight hundred is the fact that you can only uh, only monitor one band at a time. Uh, with the uh, 9192 handhelds, they are dual watch dual banders, so you can listen to two bands at a time or uh, even two repeaters on the same band. I really don't get a lot of use out of the D-Star. I do have some folks in South Texas I talk to. Uh, the guys over on Twitter keep leaving me out when they have a get-together. and uh, I would have got the 2820. I believe you have to install the card in that one. It uh, would have definitely been... The better money for me, you know, Jerry. You're right. I myself am not a super repeater user. I've got one. We have one uh, analog repeater here that you, that has really good coverage. It covers probably a third of the section. That's where everybody I know hangs out. So I use that one. Otherwise, I try and get off the uh, try and get off the repeaters whenever possible. See what else we got here. Why do people use all caps on PSK? Because they probably started off on RIDI or they don't know the etiquette. How open D-Star really was not. Well, D-Star can be and can't be. Now, um, the uh, repeater closest to me, the D-Star machine closest to me, is run by uh, the North Texas Repeater Network. And uh, they don't actually have a club associated with them or anything else. However... The gentleman that maintains the actual software for it, it's running, uh, what are they running over there? CentOS5 is what the gateway runs on. And um he opened it up. It's free to get on the gateway. Whereas the next closest machine, which is in downtown Dallas, they want $100 to set you up on the gateway. And then uh, I think it's 40 or $50 a year for club membership. And that's just... Out of the bounds of reason. VX8 has a GPS mic. I did not know that.
3: VX8 is that
0: ICOM, y'all? Jerry, is that yeah. ICOM?
3: No, the VX8 is the brand new YAESU. Uh, that's the big brother to the seven, and the VX8 is uh, YAESU's introduction into built-in APRS uh, via a, a handheld. Okay. Yeah, and uh, several companies
0: have tried to build those TNCs in. They're not great. They only use part of the protocol. Of course, that's all you need on uh, APRS. The thing about the Yazus, the Icoms, and the Alencos, uh, I think most of the accessories are mix and match. Is what they were talking about in the uh, talking about in the chat room. It looks like Tony was answering Ted's question about the all caps. Uh, yeah, I think they could probably reach out there and get that signal further if they yell. The International Beacon Project. Well, uh, well clue us in because that one's kind of a vague thing for me. I fired up the software and watched the beacons uh, through the software and uh, uh, gone down and monitored for them and that kind of stuff. But, uh, Paul, tell us more about the International Beacon Project and while we're waiting on him to type that on in VQD no the uh the gateway software and the actual protocol used well the protocols easy enough to get your hands on but the uh, gateway software no it is proprietary it is owned by icom and the uh Jarl so it's going to be quite some time before we're able to tinker with that and make it happen. However, the upside is there's a lot of guys out there writing open source software to communicate using Deep Star uh in digital mode. Well, you need to come to HamCon down here, Jerry. Tell us about HamCon, since you got
3: a microphone. Well, it'll be my first, and it's held the last weekend in May up in Estes Park, Colorado, the very beautiful... Uh, just outside of the gates of the Rocky Mountain National Park. So this will be my first, this will actually be my first ham radio convention, uh, type, um, type event. I was gonna try to go to Dayton this year, but, uh, my wife and I will be going to Europe and to the UK. We're gonna spend, um, about eight days in Belgium, which is her home, uh, her home country, and then we're gonna spend about four days, um, outside of london and then we'll come back so that's that's pretty much my money uh for the dayton trip so i'm going to go up to the HamCon, colorado and see what that's about and if i enjoy it then i will probably look at uh venturing out to other places and may just uh may just have to do that richard come down to texas because i can come down there and i can stay for free because i've got relatives all over the place so uh may have to do that well, I'll tell you, they have
0: Hamcom in the uh, in June, and it's uh, up in Plano at this time. So, uh, yeah, you can check into that, and they have a website. Can't remember it off the top of my head, but I know it has Hamcom in the name. Oh. <laughs> okay, Pete's asking about contest logging apps. Uh, Ted responds: Xlog. Well, Pete, that was supposed to be, initially, we were going to talk about logging programs, but I kind of fell down on the job, so Russ has docked my pay by half this week. So uh, I, I will try to do better next time. Now, Paul tells us that the uh, the software, the IBP software, I don't know if you all have looked at it, and for those of you all listening, if this makes a cut, uh, the IBP software, it's just a simple program that shows which beacons are transmitting at what time. Uh, if I remember correctly, and I'm not on a machine where I can fire it up, uh, it'll give you frequency and that kind of stuff. He, Paul also says it, uh, he would recommend using it with an NTP time updater as well. You know something? NTP. Russ, that's something that we overlooked when we were, uh, running through stuff that you needed for the basic uh, basic Linux stuff in the shack, we probably need to uh, make some time to talk about NTP and uh, making sure that your, your time is right on your computer that way.
1: Yeah, I think most people don't really think about that unless they're doing something that is time-sensitive, like monitoring beacons or checking uh, satellite tracking or things like that, where you really need to know what the time is. On Linux, the easiest way to do it is just uh, install the NTP date command, And you can run that periodically, or you can run it through cron. It would just uh, update your system. Now there's uh, the whole NTP daemon. You can install that package, too. Depending on your uh, Linux distribution, it's either NTP or NTPD. Usually it'll start up and run by itself. There's now a a pool of public name servers that comes started up by default. Usually it uh, syncs with four name servers. And just runs and keeps your clock in sync, and n t p actually with the right clocks will keep your clock in sync to within I think it's uh thousandths of a second. obviously rarely need that kind of accuracy, but it's there, and that's just built into the time protocol you use n t p d uh if you want to uh be a little more accurate or accurate, you can use n t p date if you just want to update your time manually. Always make sure your time zones are correct. I think a lot of ham radio operators use uh, UTC. But if you're using uh, you know, a local time zone, make sure that's set up as well because uh, the NTP protocols will adjust for your time zone.
0: But uh, most of the folks that are switching over that have always used Windows, if you say NTP, they're not going to know what the heck you're talking about. Uh, you know... Uh, there are appliance operators everywhere. There are those that get in and drive a car till it breaks. There are those that'll flip a light switch on and off till the bulb blows. And there's there's those folks that use Windows because that's what they've been told to use, and that's the way it is. Okay.
1: Well, Windows and yeah. Mac OS both have uh, when you go into the time settings, basically there's just a checkbox that says use a time server. I don't remember if Windows XP and Vista ask you for a time server. Um I think they may or they have a default that you can use if you don't know one. And I know that Macintoshes um will default to ntp.apple.com, the Apple public time server or you can specify your own as well. Uh pretty easy to set up under macOS and Windows, uh, and there are uh, even time clients that are uh, set up in like GNOME and KDE under Linux too. So always a good idea, especially if you're doing uh, logging, whether it be uh, amateur radio logging, contest logging, or in fact just system logging. If you have to do forensics later on, you definitely want correct timestamps.
0: And there you go, Pete. Pete says that. Uh... Windows defaults to time.windows.com, which I remember that. Uh, in the U.S. version of Windows XP and Vista, you also, uh, can set it for, uh, National Institute of Standards. And, uh, uh, that link was, last time I tried it was dead. It might have just been something here. Okay. Uh, you guys have mentioned YFK log a couple times. Could somebody give me a link for that? And, uh, TLF. That sounds familiar.
1: Is that in the repos, guys? Okay, here's here's what I've got for TLF. Home dot IAE dot NL slash users slash R E I N C slash TLF all caps dash zero point two dot HTML. Uh that's where you can find uh TLF logger for Linux.
0: Pete you get credit for it. <laughs> Pete threw it up there just by the time you started reading it, Russ.
1: Well, I wasn't looking at Pete, so I get credit for it. No, Pete gets credit for it. No, no, I get credit for it. You can give Pete credit for uh, YFK. Well, no, i got to give Paul credit for YFK. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you can give Paul. See, it's all Peter's fault. So do you want me to read? Uh, Here, okay, Paul's got the URL for YFK log, which is uh, f k u r z net slash ham slash yfklog dot html. Notice I used the Z there. Z Z.
0: That's Rory Calhoun, ain't no, uh, uh, ripped horn, ain't it? You're older than me, I don't know. Men in
3: black, brother, men in black. It's been a while. Jerry, are you snoring? No, sir, I'm right here. And hey, there's no, nothing no, wrong no. with being from Texas. Hey, don't
0: okay. call me, sir, I work for a gave everybody enough time to ignore me and start listening yes i need to mention go down on irc check out hash ham radio hash ham radio i went and looked there's a lot of people in there all the time most of them asleep but there's a lot of people in there all the time all righty paul tells us that ham tests also has irc room is it hash irc room or is it hash ham tests Hash ham tests. One word. Y'all go check it out. I've been sneaking around behind Russ's back trying to figure out how to set us set us up an IRC room, a permanent IRC room, but y'all don't tell him. I hear
1: nothing. Uh, I, I can say that uh, YFK log is written in Perl, and right now I've found out that I don't have the libdbi-perl package because I'm trying to start the thing up. Oh, look, I don't have all kinds of Perl packages. This might be something we can talk about because... Uh, if you install this thing, it doesn't actually have to compile because it's written in Perl. But if you don't have all of the dependencies, you can get stuck like I am.
0: Keep forgetting he can still hear my background noise. I'm gonna have to get, I'm gonna have to fix that headset so I can wear it. So, because I can hit the mute button on it and fake him out, y'all, fake him out. <laughs>
1: hey, wow. I got I got YFK to start. Excellent.
0: Well he's fixing to do a review for y'all, but before he does that, let me say that this is Lennox and Ham Shack Live. Uh y'all y'all we are just like overflowing with with mental power in this particular episode. Now we've decided to do open forum this time around because Richard have done fell down on the job and Russ would fire him. Unfortunately, Richard has to be sold. So we are doing a roundtable discussion. We've got Jerry in here with us. Say hello, Jerry. Hello, everyone. And we got Russ over there that sounds kind of like Jerry. Do I? Kind of. Okay. Jerry, Jerry's got a more mellow delivery, though. Comes from years and years of training and practice. Let's run down the list. we got KB3, CDA, KB5, JBV. I wonder who that guy is and how he got in here. KD0BIK, which is Jerry. Jerry over there yeah, uh, M0TZO and for Jerry uh, by the way I almost forgot for M0TZO or TZO and M3PHP I would like to say to you a happy and warm Ubuntu hey, we have uh, Ted WD4BOB uh, VQD and the two mystery guests please sign in or at least tell us
1: He's signed in. It sounds like we're going to play a game of what's my line. Say
0: say the secret word and win a duck
1: (laughs) or something like that. So you're going to talk about crunch. uh, You're going to talk about crunch bang next episode. Huh? Well, I think I uh, think we'll talk about YFK log and what's the other one? Uh, TLF. TLF.
0: Yep. And I'll go back and look at that one that, uh, that runs on the lamp server. That one's kind of got me interested. I may want to run that. I've got a, I've got old uh, 900 megahertz Dell sitting over yonder on the shelf that I throw me a lamp stack on there and run, run my logging software on it from any computer in the house.
1: Can I you have multiple, uh, can you have multiple users log to it or is it just for uh, remote access to a single log?
0: I really didn't get fat, that far into it. I was trying to find stuff that was fairly quick and easy to install and run. And, uh, every time I run up on something that had to be compiled or had to, had to have some, some manipulation done to it that would be kind of difficult for the folks just coming over from, uh, other operating systems, I went ahead and went on to the next thing. And you can tell I didn't find many that took, uh, very little manipulation because I kind of come up empty this week.
1: Well, like I said, I think I'm going to talk about YFK log and the and some other loggers. So we'll have uh, we'll have a real episode come up in number twelve, I think.
0: That's right, and we're you know we're going to have to get it done and over with before nine o'clock because that way Jerry won't hear us when we're talking about him.
1: <laughs> he's still here. It's after. Well, no, I guess it is nine o'clock there. Well, it's a little after nine.
0: That is, unless
3: he's in Arizona. I think it's still nine o'clock in Arizona. Yeah, that's that. That state that doesn't participate in Daylight Saving Time. Well, that's a whole different show. All right, we need
1: topics. Otherwise, we need to wrap this up. I'm sure I
3: can probably go an hour
1: and a half with what we got, but let's have a topic. Anybody, anything, amateur radio or Linux?
0: And while we're waiting on that, this will be the super extended version of Linux in the Ham Shack. Super duper extended box set with your your co-host, Richard. KB5JBV and Russ K5TUX and Jerry KD0BIK. We co-opted him from another program.
1: Yeah. I think it's funny because, uh, Jerry sent me a tweet saying he'd love to do this and that he couldn't.
3: And yet here he is. Oh, I freed up time.
0: (laughs) Well, that's because we stayed up. Uh, we stayed up past our bedtime.
1: Interviews would be good, says Pete. Well, that sounds good. I've it's, I've been wanting to do that. You just never know who's available, and I guess we'll just have to start asking around.
0: Yeah, and we're gonna have to find our own because I've been hearing a lot where it's like the same person interviewed by different people. And see, if we can get Ted on here. Ted's good for an interview. Pete and Paul are good for an interview. Bob's good for an interview. If we have Pete and Paul on, we have to find a Mary. Well, all Cheryl has to do is change her nickname. <laughs> Ted's out there spouting Synergy.
1: That's something this show doesn't have.
0: Okay, so maybe we'll get Paul, because nobody talks to Paul. He seems lonely. <laughs> are you lonely, Paul?
1: Synergy's really cool, but uh, how are we going to relate that to Linux in the hamshack, Bob? Or Shack, uh, Ted?
3: Well, gentlemen, I think I'm going to wish everyone a good night and go do some things upstairs all right before time right. to turn in i got to be in the office early tomorrow unfortunately
0: well okay throw well before you go jerry throw an ad so we can uh, snip it out and run it every once in a while on the podcast
3: all right well thank you uh uh name here is jerry taylor host of the practical amateur radio podcast you can find the podcast on itunes or you can visit our podcast website at www dot K D zero B I K forward slash podcast Does and that cut <laughs> <laughs> that'll work. That'll work fine Jerry. Yep. And if, and if Russ won't allow us to use it here, I'll put it on another other ship. <laughs> uh, all right. And Hey, I'm going to dig out that CQ magazine and I will scan that article on the podcasting and I'll send that to you via email, Richard, and you can forward that over to Russ as well. Oh, you bet. We'll post
0: it on every webpage we got.
1: <laughs> well thanks for coming well, in night, jerry
3: well thanks for the invite we'll speak to you soon guys
0: all righty all
3: right. well good night jerry good night mrs calabash wherever you are
1: oh wait a minute not yet well that was jerry katie zero bik from the practical amateur radio podcast and i'm sure we'll probably hear more from him in future episodes cool Okay, Ed Peter and myself, check out most of our sites.
0: <laughs> pretty good project, doc.
1: Sorry, no free advertising for Pete and Paul. Sorry.
0: <laughs> we we don't have any problem with that. You know, <clears throat> that's something I want all of y'all to know that are listening right now, everybody within the sound of my voice. We have no problem with cross-promoting for other people. Not at all. That's a, that's us. We have no problem cross-promoting for uh, for everybody else as long as occasionally... I say occasionally they will mention our name. So, if we clear a little air, y'all remember M0TZO uh says that uh you can go check out his stuff and Paul, M M3PHP's stuff over at prettygoodprojects.com. Y'all go on over and check it out www.prettygoodprojects.com. Okay, so anybody got anything else we want to discuss tonight? I hope we're going out on the live feed and they're seeing us on the front page on occasion.
1: About time to wrap up, unless someone wants to throw a topic out there before we say our sign-offs and shut this thing down for the evening. You didn't even tell me thank you for not sitting in the squeaky chair tonight. Well, I can uh, I can still hear it creaking.
0: Well, this one creaks a little because it's old, but the one that squeaks really bad's over yonder.
1: Need to get people Maybe to got... donate to the podcast so you can get a non-squeaky chair.
0: Well, i got to sit down and do some maintenance. I started off at 10.30 this morning moving the recording machine from one position to another position at the desk. And before it was over with, I had been working six hours on hardware and just couldn't stand it anymore. In fact, I was trying to get the video, the Skype, and the uh, Audacity all on the same machine at one point, and it just was not happening. Things seem to be working okay. I may have to go to a noise canceling microphone though. I can't get the uh CPU fan to quiet down on the recording machine.
1: Well, the chat room's shutting down, so we should probably do the same. Okay. For those of y'all that are left,
0: I appreciate y'all joining us tonight. I really enjoyed myself and uh Pete, I'm sorry we kept you up so late, but uh maybe we can do it again and uh we will try and get with you and Paul and see uh see if maybe we can get some uh if we can get the uh, interview going or something, we, we will get something going. Who we still got? We got Tony, that damn Richard guy, Lee's here, Ted, Bob's heading out, VQD, and Pete. Well, with that, well, thank you for joining us for this edition of Linux in the Ham Shack Live. This was quite enjoyable, and we hope to do it again sometime in the near future. I'm Richard, KB5JBV and if you want to get in touch with me uh, you can contact me via Twitter. That would be twitter.com KB5JBV or send me an email at kb5jbv at blacksparrowmedia.com or visit forums at uh, blacksparrowmedia.com just click on the forum links and go on in. There's uh, several of them in there and there's a normally folks are posted to them. So give me the information Russ and we'll get on out of here.
1: Alright if you want to contact me my email address is k5tux at blacksparrowmedia.com You can follow me and hear my updates on Twitter at twitter.com stroke Woodman. You can get updates on the program at twitter.com slash hamshacklinux and feel free to send us all your questions and comments. We'll respond to them as soon as we can. And you're welcome to post comments on the website at BlackSparrowMedia.com slash LHS. And there's also information there on when we will record live again. And that is where we post all of the episodes. And you can also find them on iTunes and many other RSS feeders around the Internet. So with that, I guess we're going to close up our very enjoyable roundtable session for the evening that we're going to call episode number 11. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with some information on logging programs and CrunchBang Linux. So from north central Arkansas, this is Russ, K5TUX. And from an undisclosed location in Dallas
0: County, Texas, (laughs) this is KB5JBV. Bye now.